Hello, this is Anna from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 23rd of September. India registered 31,923 new COVID cases, pushing the infection tally in the country to over 3.35 crore. Today's count is 18.39% higher than yesterday's. With 282 deaths in the last 24 hours, the death toll rose to over 4.46 lakh. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. Close to 83 crore vaccines have been administered in the country so far. Over 71 lakh were administered yesterday. At the global COVID-19 summit yesterday, Prime Minister Narendra Modi announced that India is now running the world's largest vaccination campaign. ANI quoted him as saying, and I quote, Recently, we vaccinated about 25 million people on a single day. Our grassroots-level healthcare system has delivered over 800 million vaccine doses so far. Over 200 million Indians are now fully vaccinated. This has been enabled through the use of our innovative digital platform called Coven. In the spirit of sharing, India has made Coven and many other digital solutions available freely as open-source software, unquote. He added that India must also focus on addressing the pandemic's economic effects. To that end, he said, international travel should be made easier through mutual recognition of vaccine certificates. The National Disaster Management Authority recommended an ex-gratia amount of Rs 50,000 for the kin of those who lost life due to COVID-19. The amount will be provided by states from the State Disaster Relief Fund and will be distributed by the District Disaster Management Authority or the district administrations. Amid a controversy on the United Kingdom government's decision to enforce quarantine rules for fully vaccinated Indian passengers, Britain's High Commissioner to India, Alex Ellis, clarified that the issue was not with the Covishield vaccine, but that India was not in the country's green-listed countries. Ellis told NDTV, and I quote, On our list, 17 countries are mainly green-listed countries because they have very low levels of COVID. India still has some COVID as we know. That's why it is on the amber or travel list, unquote. Meanwhile, the Kerala High Court directed the police to protect healthcare workers in the state. According to the New Indian Express, the comment came after a medical professional returning from COVID-19 duty was attacked in Alapura district on Monday. Globally, according to Johns Hopkins University, coronavirus has infected over 230.95 million people and caused more than 4.73 million deaths. The United States authorized the use of booster shots of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine for high-risk adults and those aged 65 and above. The Food and Drug Administration said that the third shot will be administered at least six months after the second dose. The Supreme Court is likely to set up an expert committee to probe the allegations of snooping on journalists and others using the Pegasus spyware, LiveLaw reported today. The Apex Court also announced that the orders will be passed next week. Chief Justice of India N.V. Ramana said that some members of the technical committee had expressed personal difficulties in being part of it. As a result, he said, the orders were taking time, but the committee would be finalized soon and the orders will be passed next week. While the Pegasus matter was not listed today, 
These comments were made orally by the Chief Justice to Senior Advocate Chandar Uday Singh, appearing in one of the Pegasus petitions while he was making a mention in another matter. On 13th of September, the Supreme Court reserved its interim order after the central government expressed its unwillingness to file an affidavit regarding the Pegasus scandal citing national security. Petitioners in the case include the Editors Guild of India, Advocate ML Sharma, CPIM parliamentarian John Brittas, Professor and activist Jagdeep Joker, and journalist N. Ram Shashi Kumar, Paranjoy Guha Thakurta, SNM Abdi, Prem Shankar Jha, Rupesh Kumar Singh, and Ipsha Shataks. Listeners, at News Laundry, we have extensively reported on the Pegasus snooping scandal, which poses an impending threat of the breach of privacy on citizens. You can catch all our reports, podcasts, and video explainers on the topic under the Pegasus section on our website, newslaundry.com. And while you are there, do not forget to check News Laundry and Teamwork Arts annual media forum, which is South Asia's largest, the Media Rumble. From news to policy, tech, and cinema, we have an exciting lineup of speakers who will be a part of the various virtual panel discussions spread across four days. We concluded our first day of events yesterday and have now entered the second day today. The program today includes sessions on climate action, how reporters battle legal intimidation, big tech portraying socio-political realities on screen, and a masterclass on content strategy for YouTube. The discussion is scheduled to go on till Saturday. If you haven't registered already, go to themediarumble.com today and register away. Listeners, the reason we collaborate and bring you the TMR sessions is because we believe that TMR pushes the industry to look within and provides a common platform to discuss the challenges and opportunities confronting it. And if you support this vision, consider supporting News Laundry too. We are a subscription-driven independent news media company. Since its inception, it has been at the forefront of free speech advocacy and the need for an independent news model as well as a free and accountable press. So, if you want to power us, head on to newslaundry.com and hit that red subscribe button on the top right-hand corner. Remember, when the public pays, the public is served. A militant was reportedly killed last night in an encounter with security forces in Shopian district of Jammu and Kashmir. According to NDTV, the police officials said today that the militant was allegedly involved in an attack on a shopkeeper in Keshwa village of the district earlier in the day. The deceased has been identified as Anayat Ashraf Dar. Detailing the incident, the Kashmir Zone Police tweeted and I quote, Last night, a recently active terrorist who was earlier an overground worker and also involved in drugs, fired upon a civilian Jeeved Hamid Bhatt, who got seriously injured and is still hospitalized. Unquote. The police said that after the civilian was attacked, the police launched an interrogation of several suspects and a cordon and search operation was launched at village Keshwa. Dar was then neutralized during an encounter. The centre told the Delhi High Court yesterday that the Prime Minister's Citizen Assistance and Relief in Emergency Situations or PM Cares Fund can neither be listed as the state nor a public authority under the Right to Information Act. According to the Indian Express, Pradeep Kumar Srivastava, an Under-Secretary at the PMO, said 
that the trust fund is not a fund of the government of India and its amount does not go in the consolidated fund of India. He told the court that he functions in the trust on an honorary basis and that the trust operates with transparency. He said, and I quote, To ensure transparency, the audited report is put on the official website of the trust along with the details of utilization of funds received by the trust, unquote. Established in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, the PM Cares functions with the objective of being a dedicated national fund to deal with any kind of emergency or distress situation. On 14th of September, the government submitted its affidavit in response to a petition seeking that PM Cares Fund be declared as the state under Article 12 of the Constitution and that it be declared a public authority under the RTI Act. The petition was filed by a lawyer named Samyak Gangwal. The plea also contended that citizens of the country are aggrieved that a fund set by the Prime Minister and with his trustees has no government control. Dhurjati Saha, a BJP leader in West Bengal, who was defeated in the assembly election in the South 24 Parganas district, died at a hospital in Thakur Pukur yesterday. According to NDTV, on the day of vote counting in the Magrahar Pashtim constituency, Saha was allegedly assaulted by around four Trinamool Congress workers, during which he suffered head injuries. Following which, his wife and son demanded a CBI investigation into the incident. Saha's wife alleged that even after being informed about the incident, the police did not come to his rescue when he had sought their assistance. Denying the allegation, local Trinamool MLA Giyasuddin Molla said that he doesn't know who assaulted Saha, since at the time of the incident, he was inside the counting centre. After Saha's death, BJP MP Arjun Singh alleged that Saha was beaten up by the henchmen of a local Trinamool MLA after counting trends showed Saha was trailing. He said that Saha had to be admitted to the hospital the next day. Singh added that they would take up the matter with the National Human Rights Commission soon. Prime Minister Narendra Modi officially began his three-day visit to the United States on Wednesday evening. This is the PM's first official visit abroad since the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic and the seventh visit to the US after assuming office in 2014. On the first day of his tour, he is scheduled to interact with global CEOs as well as with the US Vice President Kamala Harris for the first time since she was elected to office. Before leaving for the US, he tweeted on Wednesday and I quote, I am also looking forward to meeting Vice President Kamala Harris to explore opportunities for cooperation between our two nations, particularly in the area of science and technology, unquote. He also said that his visit will be an occasion to strengthen the strategic partnership with the United States, Japan and Australia. According to Hindustan Times, Modi will also hold separate meetings with Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison and Japanese PM Yoshihide Suga on Thursday. On the same day, he is expected to meet global CEOs in Washington, D.C. One-on-one meetings are planned with Cristiano E. Amon from Qualcomm, Shantanu Narayan from Adobe, Mark Widmer from First Solar, Vivek Lal from General Atomics and Stephen A. Schwartzman from Blackstone. On Wednesday, a Taliban vehicle was attacked by gunmen in eastern Afghanistan, killing at least two fighters and three civilians. 
According to the Associated Press, in one of the attacks, the gunmen opened fire on a Taliban vehicle at a gas station in the provincial capital of Jalalabad, which also claimed the life of a child. In a separate attack that involved a bombing of another vehicle, witnesses alleged that another child was killed and two Taliban were wounded. According to the Indian Express, while no one claimed responsibility for Wednesday's attacks, Eastern Afghanistan headquartered the Islamic State group said it was behind similar attacks in Jalalabad last week that resulted in the killing of eight persons. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.